Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Security Now is provided by AOL Radio at AOL.com slash podcasting. This is Security Now with Steve Gibson, episode 63 for October 26, 2006. Mojo Pack. Security Now is brought to you by Astaro, makers of the Astaro Security Gateway. On the web at www.astaro.com. And by Dell. For this week's specials, visit twit.tv slash Dell. It's time to say hello to Steve Gibson and uh, another great Security Now. Hello, Steve. How are you? Hey, Leo. Great to be back. Fall has hit, I don't know about uh, Irvine, but Petaluma, the leaves are starting to drop off the trees. It's really got a great fall feeling to it. Well, you guys get a lot of rain up in Northern California, too. We did. You? We got some rain, yeah. Uh, so, But it, 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 it's, it's been a little nippy, actually, so I think that that's why. Warm it during the days in the 70s, but at night getting a little chilly. I don't know why I'm giving you the weather forecast. <laughs> I don't know why we're giving 100,000 listeners the weather forecast. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's one thing to give you the weather forecast. Maybe we should talk about security. What's up today? Well, today we're going to talk about Mojo Pack. Mojo Pack. Um, last week, I thought we were going to talk about Mojo Pack and U3 and something called Mocha 5, um, but. In the interim, I've learned a lot about Mojo Pack. I did finally get a hold of the Mojo Pack people. At, at the, actually, actually, the parent company is a company called Ring Cube. Uh, I, I had a conference call with the the CTO, the, their chief technology officer, to get all of my you know deep techie questions answered. The the problem I had was that their website is is all about features and benefits. You know, it's very sales and marketing, but you know, as was always the case, I wanted to understand what they were actually doing, what was going on, you know, underneath. What was the technology? Was this virtual machine technology, you know, or and, and how they'd implemented it and to what level? Because what that essentially everything that it that um, that it can do flows from the way it does what it does. Of course, yeah. I mean, I think everybody's seen the hype, or at least a lot of people have. And kind of take it on face value. And, of course, that's why we're counting on you to tell us what's really going on. And if it really does what it says it does. We, we've heard some problems, too. I've, I've gotten some emails from companies who say, you know, the li- our licenses didn't work once it was installed on Mojo Pack, things like that. So, Well, and I, and I can address that because now I understand from the from by understanding that the the underlying technology i understand why they've had those problems aha um and so as as a result uh and because u3 and mocha 5 and a couple other portable app solutions are so different i we're just going to talk about mojo pack today this will be the mojo pack episode and then i but the other things are also neat in a in a different way and so we'll talk about those in future episodes of security now in fact i think you know like near-term future uh, episodes well this kind of follows on what we just did finished which was our virtual uh, virtualization uh series so this is kind of another kind. It's not really virtualization, but it's something else, something related. Well, yes. Um, so, so here's the story. Um, Mojo Pack is a cool thing. Um, I've I've downloaded it. I've been playing with it for a few days, and it, there there there's a lot of good about it. Mm-hmm. But but what it's doing is difficult to do essentially it's not virtual machine technology as we've been talking about it at all what it i mean it it I don't want to say that it's rootkit technology because that has a negative connotation, but it's it's friendly rootkit technology. Oh, interesting, huh? What they're actually doing is they are they're installing a dynamic driver. So so w- jumping ahead a little bit, you are a Mojo Pack user. You've got this USB device, and that can either be a hard disk drive or a solid state, you know, uh, flash. ROM uh, 
uh, dongle, you stick it in to an unsuspecting Windows XP machine that has never seen Mojo Pack before, has nothing Mojo-ish installed on it at the moment. And so what happens is the, the autostart.ini fires up if it's enabled on that Windows machine. So so on that Windows XP machine, it's also important to say that this won't work on Windows 2000. This is an XP-only solution. Okay. So so one issue is that, you know, power users may have disabled auto start, and or, or, you know, other systems may have it disabled for one reason or another. So it, you may have to manually run the start.exe program on your dongle or your drive if the hosting machine has auto start disabled. No big deal, but it's, you know, a little bit less automatic. In any event, when you when you run this start.exe, it essentially it dynamically loads a kernel driver into the system which deeply hooks the Windows native API. We've talked about kernel those are, those hooks. are words that scare me when you say that. I know, and and in fact, I I don't I, the other word I don't want to use uh, to describe Mojo Pack is kludge because kludge also has uh, lots uh, of negative negative, yeah. negative connotations. But but frankly, you know, a personal firewall, a third party personal firewall, is also a kludge. Because, you know, it's doing something to Windows that Windows was never designed to have done to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's why personal firewalls have caused problems for people. They've, they've, you know, conflicted with other applications, things break, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's, it's doing something deeply to Windows in the kernel that Windows was never designed to accommodate. Well, Mojo Pack is doing the same thing. And so in that same sense... It's a kludge, but it's a kludge with benefits. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's a kludge it's, with power. It's, it's a kludge that you might want to have, uh-huh. you know, much like much like you want to have a personal firewall. So what happens is when you install Mojo Pack, there's no virtualization stuff going on. Basically, it reaches deeply into Windows and and hooks the kernel many of the of the kernel level APIs. Uh, see already, I don't. This is making me very nervous. Well, and I'm I'm going to read you. I mean, I'm 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 going to flesh out this opinion, which comes from the technology, with some real world examples of the consequences. So, so, so it it makes these low level hooks, and this is the way. You know, wait, before it, we go too far, I don't think we've really described. Ex- have we described what it does? From the user's point of view. Ah, very good point. Uh, let we're, me back we're, up we're further. T- yes. <laughs> we're talking about what, what it does from the technical point, but but why would why are people so excited about this? What does it right. do for the user? Okay, so what what the experience I've had, which is why I started off saying this is a really cool thing, is I I I downloaded the Mojo Pack. I ins- the, the Mojo Pack XE. I installed it on a 512k dongle then i installed my my favorite newsreader gravity and i installed my favorite outlining tool which is something called thought manager desktop which i because i love outlining you know i i work from an outline every time i'm here in front of the microphone with you leo because i've you know going through all the points i want to remember about what i'm talking so and then i i imported all of my working outlines i got online and i downloaded three thousand uh, news group messages from the GRC news server, all in this this 512k dongle. Then I uninstalled. I I, I shut down Mojo Pack and ejected the dongle. Pulled it out. Went over to another different Windows XP machine that that had never seen any of this. Stuck it in the USB port. Mojo Pack ran by itself, started up, brought me to a login dialog where I had to give it my my password to log in. Then the normal desktop that I had been looking at 
on that Windows X on those Windows XP machine disappeared was replaced by a brand new Windows desktop that looked just like what I had when I removed the dongle from the first machine and there were in the uh, uh, in, uh, you know standard windows looking start button i mean it is the windows start button and programs there was my newsreader gravity and my outlining thought manager both running and i mean able to run wow. uh, i brought i brought them up there were all my postings and so what it creates basically it allows you through all of this work that these guys have done to to sort of have a portable Windows install of your own that can run off of any USB 2.0 device. So, for example, I mean, a cell phone that's got um, an, a, an additional memory card installed, or your iPod, or you know, anything that is USB 2.0, you're able to install Mojo Pack and basically build yourself a a your own portable windows environment that is not just your data but also your applications that's impressive well and that's the big difference because you know certainly people have been able to you know synchronize their oh, yeah. their data and and like move powerpoint files or briefcase or, to that i mean that's no big deal exactly so so the real difference here is you're able to install applications well the way they've pulled this off, and, and it's important to note also, these are any applications. In a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about U3, which is sort of like this, but U3 takes a very different approach of creating an environment where applications have to be aware that they're running from a solid-state device. The, the Mojo Pack guys have, have, have basically, by, by deeply hooking the Windows kernel, they have, they're, they're basically simulating a, a, a standard Windows environment on a USB device. Wow. So that the, so the applications are none the wiser. Now, there are some caveats to that because since they're not performing full virtualization, the applications may notice that they've been moved to a different machine. Ah. Now, now again, this is some, the kind of thing that can probably be and and in some cases definitely will be fixed in the future. For example, users immediately noticed that the retail version of Office would when they moved it to a to a foreign machine, they they they'd installed Office apps on their Mojo Pack USB device when they moved it to another machine it said okay you need to activate me <laughs> so office deactivated because it right. saw that it had moved right. to a different platform in a in a true virtual machine environment as we know the you know the app doesn't know can't know that it's on a different machine because the entire environment has been virtualized here mojo pack is is doing what it needs to to make the applications run however mike the the CT guy that I asked this question of said in the next release of Mojo Pack they will deal with making office function uh, universally wow wow but wow. now but but this is sort of the this is sort of the the way I want to characterize this I want to characterize it carefully for people my sense is that it's a it's a quirky system because what these guys are trying to do is difficult in the same way that the very first personal firewalls were much more quirky then than they are now. Well, I you know, even they, think of uh, uh, things like DeskQue and application switchers, where you're really trying to get into their hooks of the operating system and change how it behaves. Yes. You're just really taking some big chances. Well, and uh, so let me give you some examples. Um, for example, uh, from their own knowledge base, um, they cannot install on a system where there are multiple, where you have a multi-boot operating system that's booting from drives other than C. You know that it is possible, for example, to, to have a C, D, and E partitions or drives and have the OS actually installed on D or E or a non-C colon drive under Windows. Mojo Pack can't handle that. 
Um, for uh, another, another example is host machine screensaver and power management. They say that some failures have been observed when the host machine screensaver or power management options become active. Um, under printer drivers. Oh, that's Colonel, kind of a problem. <laughs> oh, no, just wait, Leo. Kernel, you know, sometimes they're saying kernel mode printer drivers will fail installation in the guest, that is, in the Mojo Pack guest. This includes programs that install their own virtual printer drivers, such as Adobe Acrobat. Okay, and so that doesn't work. But 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 it's important to know that Acrobat Reader does. It's just the it, it, oh, okay. it's the it's the Acrobat Distiller, you know, Acrobat right, pseudo right. printer th- that can't. But then they say this limitation will be addressed in a future version. Um, it says that I bet they have certain, a pretty long list of limitations to be addressed in future versions. Well, yes. Let me let, let me go a little bit further here, just to, to to sort of flesh out this notion. Under complex applications, certain applications that require complex may behave strangely or malfunction. Under the recycle bin, on some PCs, deleted folders may not appear in the guest after file slash folder deletion. However, there. Um, there may be items to empty in there. Um, my own experience, I like to have auto-arrange turned on on my desktop. And it's just not sticky. I've never, I keep turning it on as I move Mojo Pack from machine to machine, and it doesn't stay. Neither do the icon positions, because I like to sort of organize where things are, and it sort of forgets where they were previously. Um, under Word and Excel, they say that Excel docs containing a font symbol that was created on XP Pro Service Pack 2 showed the symbol as an unrecognizable value and opened on the guest plugged into host without MS Excel installed. Um, they may they say you may see problems with Olay when opening docs with Office. Windows Media Player. Users are advised not to install Windows Media Player 11 within Mojo Pack as it will lead to unpredictable behavior and recovery to the previous stable state may not be possible. <laughs> Under reboots by third-party applications. Reboots by third-party applications may not always work. The reboot is usually requested during the application install. Um, I mean, and this goes on and on and on. Games, for example, one of the ima- cool things you can imagine would be like a World of Warcraft addict wants to carry his whole World of Warcraft environment ar- around with him so that he can go to a foreign machine, plug in, and just be up and running. Except that it says certain games, such as World of Warcraft, exhibit offset mouse movement at the end of install. In other words, clicking on a control, a Windows control, will not trigger the desired action. The user should move the mouse around the control to find the amount of offset from the mouse's (laughs) visible and actual position. The mouse can... I know, I know. I'm reading this going, oh my goodness. The mouse can then be moved to the offset location in order to activate the control. Note, this behavior does not occur when the user plays the game. So something about the game is causing the mouse... The mouse's visible location and its 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 effective location to be skewed, and so they say, well, sort of, you know, hover over things and see when they light up to figure out where the mouse actually is. So, <laughs> uh, so I mean, and there's less a lot of these things. So, so, and and and, and so this is why I, I have to kind of characterize this as a kludge, but I don't want to put people off of it because for most things i think it really works i mean i don't actually have a need to move you know my newsreader and all of my news groups around um and 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 to do this kind of thing but i'm i'm sure there are people who have this kind of need and it really does work now what happens is when you when you are looking at the Mojo desktop, there's a, a bar at the top, the Mojo bar, that is unfortunately about the ugliest thing I have ever seen. 
um, I right clicked on it and there was a, a little pop up saying return to default skin. So I was like, oh, great. Maybe I could like fix this. Well, this is actually reminiscent of Zone Alarm. Remember that Day Glow Orange Ooh, that, that yeah. Zone Alarm, those Zone Alarm guys use? Well, I mean, I loved the firewall back in the beginning, um, but I used to tease them all the time about how horrible, you know, the horrible colors they had chosen for the UI. Well, the good news is uh, apparently this Mojo um, bar, their own toolbar, is skinnable, and I'm sure people are already hard at work in replacing the default skin, which is just god awful. <laughs> I mean, it's just it just ruins the, the the look of the rest of your system. But you know. It does work, and it allows you to instantly, with a single click, to switch back and forth between your Mojo-ized desktop and the desktop on the host. When you're looking from at the host view, you can you can see the Mojo drive, and you're able to copy any things that you want to to it. Sort of from the host side, it looks just like a regular drive. They also provide a cool synchronization utility that allows you and offers to just sort of like move your whole documents and setting tree over so that all all of your settings and your your, your whole my documents group are are moved over so so that's very it makes it very easy to to synchronize and 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 to set things up over there one of the things you cannot do is and, and this is the one of the most often requested things that they are never going to address is you cannot simply move pre-installed applications from your host machine into the Mojo environment. And the, and this is deliberate on their part. Also, it's very difficult to do, as we know, because it's, it's very difficult to move an, an already installed app to you know anywhere because apps can do so much to the system when they install themselves. But these guys recognize that they have... In in do in creating this notion of mobile applications, they've really turned the license the software licensing model upside down. I mean, on its head, because if you look at the EULAs, the end user license agreements in virtually anything you install, it says this is for use on one single computer. Now, uh, I talked to them about this explicitly, and they said, well, you know, actually, we looked at a lot of EULAs. Many of them say on two, you can do two installs because they want to be laptop friendly. They want to allow people to install on their main workstation and also on a laptop. Um, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. The, the EULAs I have seen tend to say only use this on one machine. So inherently, you're... This is a multi-machine install. You, you are installing the application that the EULA says you can only run in one location. You're installing it on an inherently portable device. You know, my feeling is you make one installation of the app. You you are carrying it around. You're the only one using it. I I would say even though it might be outside the, the letter of what the EULA was written to say, the EULA wasn't written with Mojo in mind. So, you know, I, I wouldn't consider that a big breach of the publisher's license. However, this is why the Mojo Pack guys want to be very clear clear that when you when you install mojo pack from the start basically you 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 start off with an what looks like an empty windows system it uses windows profiles basically it creates a mobile user profile on the mojo pack device and you end up looking at you know a a a, a virgin windows desktop with a start button and nothing in the programs group and you must then manually reinstall any things from scratch that you want to have on your mojo pack and and, and be portable um, the, the the mojo pack guys feel that this this deals with the the upside down nature of portable licensing in a good way because basically they're saying users are are being given the responsibility of installing or reinstalling existing applications if they want them to be portable rather than for example mojo pack just cloning them somehow into this portable device which they're explicitly not willing to do so 
So you know that's sort of the gist of this thing. Um, it's a it's a small download. It's only about a nine meg download. It's not currently digitally signed, which is a point I brought up to them, and they said yes, we, we know that we're going to fix that because of course now um, my uh, Windows and certainly Internet Explorer is becoming increasingly. Um, reactionary to the idea of not having digital, you know, to, of, of users running non-signed things that they've just downloaded from the internet. You get all kinds of unknown publishers, and are you really sure you want to do this? Kinds of messages. Um, it, it's, it's a the the release price was basically half price, twenty four ninety nine. It is going up to. Forty nine ninety nine. That is to say, fifty dollars in just three weeks. I think that's a mistake. On Thursday, exactly three weeks from today, Leo, Thursday, November sixteenth, the the registered price of Mojo Pack doubles up to fifty dollars. Ah. I really, I really think they should, given that the that they've still got so many little bits of debris to work out. Um, my advice would be, what's the hurry? You know, extend this special offer time another couple of months, especially since they had a bunch of problems when they came out of the gate, you know, taking it out of beta. I really think this is a, a much too narrow window. I guess it's really only been about a, a one-month window before they jumped the price up. As I understand it, they're venture finance, so they shouldn't have cash flow problems. And um, I really, I mean, I would encourage people to play with this. The way, the way it works without registration is you get 30 days of use or 200 boots. And they doubled that number of boots recently because people were running dry well before their 30 days were up. They only had 100 boots before. That is actually 100 stick the mojo packs in a computer is what's called a boot. And so, you know, I've already used up 15 of mine just moving it around in a couple days, you know, playing with it. So so um, if people think this might be something they're interested in in messing with, you've got three weeks before the price doubles. Um, the other good news is, you know, I'm very sensitive to things impacting my system. You know, I, I didn't like installing you know VMware on test machines or or like messing with with virtual PC and these other things because I mean these these like these these whacked your machine mojo pack doesn't as far as i can see it makes zero change to the machine on which you download the, their exe and on, and where you install mojo pack and 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 that's all part of their philosophy when you when you shut down mojo pack and remove it from a machine. Their dynamic device driver unloads the machine that 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 host where you are tempor uh, that you are temporarily visiting and basically using its its resources, its network and processing and screen and, and other resources. It ends up not knowing anything has happened, and and that's the magic of their kernel level hooks. The the apps running in Mojo Pack see a C drive. But the the C drive is the actual Mojo Pack device remapped to C, and and the the actual host C drive is not available. It is inaccessible. So there's no changes being made to the registry. There's no debris left behind. No browser settings. No no trail of URLs you visited. Nothing changes on the host. And so so from from a from a security standpoint, the, you know the, this is one of the main advantages that they were going for. And this is unique among these other solutions. We know, for example. They're sandboxy, and there are you know full robust VM solutions. But any VM solution is inherently going to seriously sit on the machine you install it on. So in that in that in that um, in in that sense, Mojo Pack is very lightweight. It's I mean, and, and I have to say, I mean, I like it. I, I would encourage people not to be put off. By you know their list of knowledge base, yes, we know we have these problems. I mean, I found some myself. Uh, Right-clicking on Network Neighborhood, which is now renamed My Network Places under XP, nothing comes up. Yeah. I I I, I right-click and do properties. I can't get properties. I thought, okay, well, you know, what's going on? So I clicked the Mojo bar at the top, instantly switched back to the host. Right-clicked on my uh, my. Uh, 
I forgot what it's called now. Network neighborhood or or um, my network things and and <laughs> my, the dialogue. My network things is good. I like that. I'm going to recommend <laughs> that for Vista. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and and everything was as I remembered it. Back over to Mojo, and that just doesn't work. Yeah. So it's like, okay, add that to the list. So so the point is, what they're doing is something Windows was never designed to have done to it. And and frankly. Uh, if this is such a cool idea, um, we, as long as we sort of tolerate the the question of mobile licenses, which is still a little bit up in the air, in my opinion, um, but the idea is so cool, you can imagine that in some future version of Windows that, you know, this won't be something Windows fights, it'll be something Microsoft acquires much as microsoft finally added a, a personal firewall to xp you know several years after everybody else had had gotten bloodied on the battlefield developing the technology um, i could easily imagine that this kind of portable application stuff is so cool that it ends up ultimately you know generations from now appearing in windows but it's available today um, I, sh- I might the, just point out that uh, the Apple's had this for about 10 years, but okay. Uh, thank you, Lee. <laughs> actually, it's not, that's really not fair. In fact, it may even exist for Windows, but uh, the, Apple networking can be set up so that no matter where you are in the network, when you log into your network, it's your desktop, your preferences, your applications. Okay, well, now, now Windows has that, too. It's called a roaming profile. Roaming profile, right. So yes, and so this is not quite that, but this is uh, this is allows you to do kind of a roaming profile, right? Well, this is way more than that because the roaming profile doesn't provide you any of the encapsula- of the encapsulation that Mojo Pack does. I mean, I mean, remember, you could literally install Firefox. Um, they've got problems with IE7 right now. I may be it, wrong, but I think the Apple one does do that. But I, but I may be wrong on that. Provides r- real security encapsulation. Yeah, basically everything's all kind of packaged up. Well, okay, but I guess I don't are know. You That's sure a good question. I don't there's know. There's no access to the host because because you know. Oh, I, mean, I see what you're saying. Uh, yes. No, I think you probably would access the host. I think it's probably all living on the host. Yes, and so so that's my point. Is it that what I Apple see. has you're done? You're taking it with you. It's completely portable, right? Well, but but not only portable. And again, I want to make sure we make this point. It's it's encapsulated. That is to say, when when you install your Mojo Pack device into the machine. It brings up the Mojo Pack desktop into which you log in, and you have no access to the normal host's resources. Uh. You cannot get to the hard drive. You cannot get to. You, you, you're able to access removable media. You, you can see the host CD-ROM and 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 DVD and other USB devices, but but basically you're only able to see those things which the Mojo Pack guys allow you to see. It's also important to note that you do have to be logged in as an admin user, a full-strength user on the host. They, they have provisions which they will be making available to universities because they, you, you can imagine in a university setting, all the university students could have Mojo Pack, you know, and dongles, uh, and dongles around their neck. And they go to, to bolted-down, limited-user XP systems stick in their dongle and now they've got access to you know their own their own portable environment and so there is a way that a that Mojo Pack can run as an admin user on top of a limited user host but that's not the normal retail version that's not what people can buy right now right now you do ha- the the host that you that you uh, uh that you stick your Mojo Pack into needs to be running as an admin in order for Mojo Pack to install itself and and make itself go. Because again, it's it's installing a dynamic, very low level kernel driver in order to perform all of this, um, all, all these modifications to Windows. It's all. It's also worth noting that there are sort of two profiles that have sort of surfaced for Mojo Pack users. The the people at RingCube who did Mojo Pack all literally use Mojo Pack as their single environment. 
they use small USB 2 hard drives as opposed to solid state drives. And they have installed all of the applications they use. I mean, basically, their entire PC is installed in a mojo pack drive and so what what they have when they come to work is literally an empty windows xp machine it's just it got a generic install it's sitting there with nothing on it they 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 come to work in the morning plug their drive in bang they're looking at their desktop exactly as they left it at home because they've done the same thing at home they've got a generic windows xp install at home and when they come back from work they plug their drive in and their whole environment is portable and has moved with them including all the applications that they have installed so so you have this sort of this this high end whole environment portability user where you where for example the the, the relatively limited size of a USB dongle which is you know f- uh, practically you know 4 gig maybe 8 gig today and the somewhat lower performance of a a, a flash rom device um, may not be enough for that kind of a user so you use a small lightweight you know, portable USB drive. Then you've got somebody like I was pretending to be a couple days ago where, I mean, I, I really wanted something in my pocket or on my keychain. And that's entirely practical. The There have been some postings on the net about slow performance problems with, with Mojo Pack. I don't see that at all. As far as I could see, I mean, I was using a good SanDisk um, uh, 512 K high speed USB um, device, but but I've downloaded 3,500 uh, newsgroup messages just as fast as I would have on a regular PC. They claim about a five percent overhead um, of their of their system, which is very low for this kind of, of work. But it's really not doing much. It's just filtering at the kernel API in order to sort of mutate the Windows environment in order to mojo pack eyes. The, the host machine to hide the hard drive to allow you to get access to the networking layers and, and so forth and basically to provide the, this mojo pack desktop another example of sort of the clugeness of this is if a personal firewall pops up a message it pops up on the underlying host desktop and you can't see it so to get around this, the Mojo Pack guys are watching for anything popping up on the desktop underneath and then will provide you with a notice that something has popped up on the host desktop, which, which requires you to click the Mojo bar, flip over to the host, and see what's going on. One of the other errata is that if a personal firewall blocks something that you're doing in the Mojo environment, you may need to go back to the host and to permit the application, which is running on Mojo, to go through. I mean, again, these are these are consequences of the fact that Windows was never designed to have this done. Um, it's a testament. The fact that these guys are able to do it at all is a testament to their courage and fortitude and, and you know, the fact that they had a really cool idea, which I'm sure is going to be evolving and improving and getting better over time as they work out all of these sorts of, you know, dust and debris, much as I remember personal firewalls being in the beginning, and now they're much more solid. So, again, I, I, I don't want to put people off. Neither do I want to oversell this. My, and the reason I think that, that this evaluation period is critical is people ought to give it a try. It is, you know, everyone who sees it says, whoa, this is so cool. I mean, and I feel that way too. If if I were, if my life were such that I was ever away from here and I wanted to carry an executable Windows environment with me and I knew that there would be, there would be host, there would be available admin privileged Windows XP machines wherever I was going to need to do something and I'm carrying all my data. I mean, it is a it is a really a cool solution, and it works. But it can be quirky for specific things. So you'd want to make sure. For example, if you were someone who needed to use Adobe Acrobat's um, PDF creation capabilities, 
that's just not working under Mojo Pack today because it's it's something that you can imagine they they will probably get around to dealing with at some point. Thus, my sense is that this is going to keep getting better and better. Also, relative to licensing, you've got this this um, thirty days or two hundred boots, and then you've got to buy it. Um, and don't forget that from the time people are hearing this, there's a three-week window during which buying it is $24.99 versus twice the price at $49.99. So keep that in mind, too. Once you have bought it, there is the ability to to migrate your Mojo Pack from one device to another. They only run on USB 2.0 because USB 2.0 spec requires a unique serial number on every device. So they're locking their license to it. When you download this 9 meg Mojo Pack install and, and do your install, you create an account over on the Mojo Pack site, a username and, and, and password on the Mojo Pack site, and you use that, that same username and password in order to subsequently access your device, although you're able to change the password. And in fact, I think they, they prompt you for, to change the password the very first time you, you use this. So, so you've, you've installed one instance of Mojo Pack on one device. If you outgrow that or you decide you want to try a faster USB or you want to move over to a hard drive or do whatever you want to, they, they provide the facility for deregistering the, the, the current Mojo Pack install and copying it over to another device and re-registering it there. So you are able to migrate your, your purchased Mojo Pack to um, USB devices virtually unlimited. I think there actually is a, a high limit because they do want to prevent fraud, you know, some style of fraud from occurring, but basically it would never be something that would impede uh, MojoPax users. I think, though, I mean, it's something that really should be done at the operating system level. It just doesn't seem like an, an, an independent software vendor has a chance of making this thing work. I mean, Microsoft changes one thing, the whole thing collapses. Well, um the, the that level of kernel API is pretty stable. I asked them about about Vista because, of course, Vista, as we know, is very hostile to anyone mucking right. around down in its innards. And they claim that they have it running on. Huh. I'm sure the the 32 bit beta of Vista. I think I think it's running under RC2. Um, and again, the the kernel API is a well documented, well structured, well understood API. All right, so it this is an accepted thing to do. Yes, well, it's you know, it it, it I don't know what they're going to do under the sixty four bit version of Vista in this in the same way that McAfee and Symantec right. are frozen out from from going in and mucking around. I have to imagine that Mojo Pack would would be similarly prohibited until until as Microsoft has said with Service Pack One of of Vista's the sixty four bit Vista, then they will provide an API. But that's apparently only a monitoring API. That's probably enough for Symantec and McAfee. It may not be enough. So it may be I mean this is again this is another example of why reluctant as I am to call this a kludge, that's the word for it, because they just may never be able to do this under the 64-bit version of Vista, because Vista won't let you go in and do this, because again, as I said, it's it's rootkit-ish behavior, and Vista 64-bit is specifically anti-rootkit. Right. But, But Leo, really, I mean, you ought to try it. I'm encouraging people with all these caveats, oh, I've thrown I'm up so reluctant I, to try it, Steve. How do you get this thing off your system? Do you it, think it, it uninstalls ne- cleanly? No, no, it's never on your it's system. It's never on your system. No, that's what's so nice is you you download the nine megs, you 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 give it a a, a USB device. Now they they suggest. So wait a minute, wait a minute. It, it it only modifies your system in memory on the fly. It never changes your operating system. Correct. It doesn't change the OS. You you originally install it. You install the Mojo Pack onto. Nor does it ever change anything okay. about a guest operating system. I mean, I mean that part I'm really clear about, and right. it's why again it's it's you know I know I've been I, I I've I've thrown up all these caveats, but it actually does work. If it doesn't and, if it doesn't modify my system, well, of course I'll try it. Why not? Yeah. Well, and as I said, you know. 
installing VMware is a horrifying thing. I mean, it it creates virtual adapters. Right. It's just, it, it's got stuff running um, constantly in the background. It's got services running. It's all this stuff. You know, VMware doesn't. Mojo Pack does not do this. It is it nothing on the system where I originally installed it. I mean, nothing was even installed there. It the 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 little nine meg installer just found my USB device, asked me to choose which one I wanted to install it to, and it it moved itself over there. Nothing changed on my host system. Then when you install it and you and you plug it into guest systems, it it just dynamically loads this driver in RAM. Nothing is written to the hard drive. Your your Mojo View has no access to to the registry, to the hard drive, or anything, so that anything you do is encapsulated, and you, there's nothing to uninstall because it's never installed. I mean, it, it it is again. I I think these guys are in you know the the first phase of a very cool thing, and that a year from now, two years from now, we're going to look back at this you know at episode sixty three of Security Now and go, well, you know, we were right. Uh, this thing had all kinds of wacky behavior. But I'm going to make a deal. They're going to say Steve was right. Leah was full of it because I, <laughs> I don't think this is ever going to happen. And I think really, if it does, it should it should happen at the operating system level. But all right, if you think no, no, works. no. Now, Leo, I'm not saying I disagree with you. Except we don't have it available. Well, at the Microsoft's operating system not doing level. it. Yeah, Microsoft's not doing it. And it's going to take them generations. You know, right. Vista's already done, so it's not going to be in Vista. This is not something I could see them adding in a service pack so it's going to have to be in wista or you know well, <laughs> whatever whatever comes after vista um and, you know, and that's going to be a long time right. so you know no one should hold out hope for for this no i understand sooner. that i understand that but i agree with you i mean in the same way that i think a personal firewall should be in the os because you know that's the right place for it you know this notion of application portability installing normal hard disk targeted apps in a portable device this is a cool thing when people see this this is cool i mean and and the mojo pack guys have have done as i said they they had a lot of guts and they've tackled something which is fundamentally hostile to windows but they're making it work and so again because it's a small download you get 30 days to play with it it won't screw up your system it won't modify any guest systems and it does allow you to have to take normal regular non-special windows applications and run them on a portable device and and then it's really portable and it creates privacy and security encapsulation um, for for what you're doing on the Mojo Pack, as they as I think I heard them say when we were talking on the phone, you know what happens in, in Mojo Pack business. stays in Mojo Pack. <laughs> I mean, it is it is very cool. It's just it, it was a huge challenge to do this. I I, I, I give them I props as hackers. Absolutely, I give them props. Absolutely, I salute yeah. them and and tip my hat. I mean, this is this is a very valuable thing. That um, that you know, and I'm 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 feeling again. Fifty bucks seems like a lot of money. On the other hand, I'm charging eighty nine for my for my software. So who am I to talk? But <laughs> um, but it does allow you to move around. Uh, your your purchased Mojo Pack from 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 device to device, um, they 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 suggest, and this is all in the README file that I that I do encourage people to read. Um, they suggest, for example, that if you can, you reformat your dongle to NTFS rather than the default, which will be a FAT or FAT32 file system. Mm. Obviously, people who are using an iPod can't. They're not able to reformat. They're going to have to leave it in its default FAT format because they still want to be able to use their iPod, you know, on on, on a Mac, I guess, or on you know, in the way they normally do. So they're not able to to change that to NTFS. But if you did have a standalone drive or a uh, a USB device wh- wh- which you're able to use with NTFS, they're just saying security is better and 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 it is faster than FAT. Oh, and I forgot to mention that something that they did broke compatibility with TrueCrypt. 
I was concerned. Oh boy, now I've no. Had slow it. down, slow down. <laughs> I was concerned about that, so I asked them. They they recognize they broke it. They've come up with a temporary workaround that allows TrueCrypt to be used, and the next release will be completely TrueCrypt friendly. So our favorite ultra robust security tool can also be used with mojo pack in order to to allow a true crypt volume to be carried and to have to and where true crypt is running on mojo pack no longer do you need to install true crypt on the target system so that's even better than running true crypt by itself because if you had true crypted a dongle or a drive you would need to install true crypt on the host machine in order to then have act have portable access here true crypt is running in mojo pack giving you access to your to your true crypt partition or directories so i mean in some sense it's even better than than TrueCrypt without Mojo Pack, and these—I mean—they're committed to the issue of security and privacy, so they're going to make it work. It, it mean, even better than it does now, and it does work now. Although you you need to do some work around. You might. I mean, if all you really need is email and and browsing, you, you, there there are USB versions of, of Firefox and of Thunderbird and so forth that you can carry on a USB key. It keeps all your stuff on the key. It doesn't have the same kind of encapsulation you're talking about, but you can't you can do that. Well, that's absolutely true, and in fact, U3, which we'll be talking about in the future, um, is a is a specific platform for running things from Flash. Um, there are, uh, you know, the the real advantage of Mojo Pack is encapsulation because Firefox won't give you this kind of robust encapsulation. Uh, if you did get something, a virus or something, in Firefox running from a dongle, it would still have access to your C drive. And, and so again, I mean, there are there are real benefits to what the Mojo Pack guys have done that, as far as I know, are unique. It's true that if you were carrying a a virtual machine around in your dongle, and you knew that you had VMware or Parallels installed in any host machine, you could simply launch your VM and and, and then operate. But that requires a a serious hit. To the the hosting platform, Mojo Pack doesn't hit the hosting platform at all. Is Flash uh, fast enough to do this? I mean, do you you're running stuff not off the hard drive but off the Flash? Well, you are, but the way Windows operates, first of all, Flash reads at about twice the speed that it writes. Um, another concern is that Flash has a write limit. There, the actual the actual chemical technology of the non-volatility of a flash has a maximum of about a hundred thousand write cycles so for example um, people who who arrange like flash booting Linux systems I, I in fact my I, I have myself a, a flash booting free BSD system that I built I had to go to to some links to not have a swapping partition on the flash and in fact to make sure that I was <clears throat> excuse me that I was mounting my flash partitions in read only mode so that the system would be logging to ram and not to flash because you you never want a situation where you are where, where, where by default you're writing often and hard to your to, to your flash because it will end of life that device very quickly um, Mark Thompson actually did some experiments where he burned out a flash in a couple of days wow. j- just by booting a standard Windows system, and Windows just thrashed the thing and 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 killed it. And well, the good news is now that Flash is uh, at least fairly cheap, so you know you, you you might use it for six months and have to buy a new one. Well, I asked this question of the Mojo Pack guys. They've been using Mojo Pack for six months, many of them on Flash devices, and actually they've been testing it and pounding on it and using it like crazy. Not a single one of theirs has ever died. Ah, that's I, good. I would, I would encourage people not to use bargain basement, you know, cash register, oh, here's a $15, you know, half a gig Flash that you can get at, at, at the checkout stand. Uh, by all means, stay with, with, with you know, Lexar or SanDisk or, or a high-end. Good is there really a flash. difference? 
I really think there is. Hmm. Yes, I mean certainly, certainly in performance too. Because in order to get accelerated performance, what they're doing is they're they're writing in parallel to many more flash devices inside in order to get multiple um, multiples of write speed. And there's also something called write leveling, which expensive flash has and cheapo flash doesn't. What write leveling does is it actually distributes the writes so that even though you appear to be writing to the same logical location in the flash, it's actually the flash itself is writing and doing sort of the, the equivalent of sector swapping on a hard drive. It's actually writing to other physical areas which are then read back from that area in sort of in, in a content addressable scenario. So the idea is it, 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 it means that if you were only using part of your flash and like, you know, recording pictures, deleting them, recording them, deleting them, recording them, deleting them, and like never filling up your flash, if on a normal fat file system, that would end up burning out the front of the file system oh, yeah. way before, way before the end. You never write to a, the end. Or exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ne- so, 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 so basically you end up killing this thing way before you need to, but the, the higher quality flash has write leveling built in so it's automatically distributing those writes across the entire physical surface of the drive so it's really worth doing that these of course are not problems for um for an actual little usb 2.0 hard drive those little drives you can get yeah now one other thing they recommend that, that, that is mojo pack recommends is that you that the first time if you're concerned about performance or if it seems sluggish i saw no sluggishness at all in my case i mean literally i'm i'm totally happy using this thing for for like mail uh, web browsing, new, new um, news groups. For example, in, in, in um, with a newsreader in particular, you really want to carry your whole environment around because it's all the messages that you've already read and all the messages that have occurred, so that so that conversation threading works correctly. So there, I mean, it's just it's not the same as going and doing like a web-based. Um, read of 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 a forum where it is all being kept over on the server side, but I mean I'm I was completely happy with the performance of this thing. However, by default, Microsoft Windows turns off write caching for USB devices. The reason is if someone yanked it out of the right. of the of the, of the connection, you might well have what's called a dirty cache in Windows where it has been deliberately buffering writes so as not to redundantly write to the device and, and also so as not to um not to um uh incur the performance penalty of doing so. So so what happens is Windows realizes this is a USB device and it will turn off write caching. You can go in to, you know, right click on my computer, go to manage, uh, go, go to the, the find, find the USB device, select the properties of it, and they explain this in the Mojo README, uh, exactly what the path of, of clicks is to get there, and then you, tr- you, de- you deliberately turn on delayed writing. Th- that means you need to shut down Mojo Pack through the UI and not just yank it out. But of course, most users know now they really ought to do a smooth shutdown of, of a USB drive anyway. Oh, really? Um, I, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I, I, I oh, thought yeah. Windows just kind of, you know, it handled it, so I just pulled it out. Well, it's it, it, on, under Windows 2000. Well, 2000, you, get, you have to do it, but under XP, you, all, you don't. Well, no, and the reason you don't is Windows is still trying to flush it. However, if, if you've ever done a large file copy, even under XP, it, the file copy dialog will finish, and if you've got a, a light showing access to the device, it'll sit there and flash sometimes for 30 minutes because because Windows is it has flushed everything out of its uh, out of its upper UI level, but the kernel is still trying to write to an, an inherently slow writable device, hmm. which is what USB flash is. So you really need to wait, and, and what you should do is right-click on the on the drive appearance in Explorer, and and then select Eject, and, and wait for the Eject to complete, and then it's safe to remove. 
So, so anyway, my, my point is that if a, another a sort of a power user trick is you could disable um, or rather enable write caching, which is not the default setting for a USB, a USB portable device because Microsoft wants to keep the caches flushed and keep the drive current in case somebody yanks it out without shutting it down. Um, I actually didn't bother with that, and I just saw no performance penalty. I, I'm I'm really pleased with this. So again, I, I want to make sure people understand this is, you know, version 1.0. Actually, it's 1.0.1 at the moment. We I believe this thing has a future. I think people are right to be excited about it, and it, it it offers a lot of features. Um, the only caveat being, you know, Windows wasn't designed this way, and so these guys have had to do deep hooks into the kernel in order to, to pull this off. But I think for most people they have, and it'll only be some people who have problems. So again, use that 30-day eval um, or your 200 boots, you know, as quickly as you can within that period Figure out if the things that you think you want to do work without any trouble. And if so, um, you know, then I think it's a great solution for you. Very good. I mean, obviously, these guys uh, are filling a, a perceived need. There's no question about that. And they're amazing hackers. Uh, and since it doesn't in any way imp- impinge on your system, why not try it out? Why not give it a shot? Yeah, again, it, it, it's small and lightweight, doesn't uh, affect your system. And uh, it's, you know, seeing it work is, is to believe it, Leo. Your attitude, I mean, my attitude changed. Well, I've tried it. I mean, well, I have I seen this. it work. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, we tried it at a call for help. Actually, Callie demonstrated it. And it was impressive. It just, yeah. it just makes me nervous. M-O-J-O-P-A-C dot com. And as Steve said, you can try it for free. Uh, you know, we've been talking about a free trial version of a Spinrite for some time. I think you've really got to try that. You've got to do that. Uh, uh, I, don't know how I, would, I don't know how I would do that. As, as I said to you before, Leo, um, you know, we, we offer it with a complete money-back guarantee. I think that's the best way to do it. Well, and, and because the fact is, the first time you use it, you you get tremendous benefit from right. it. It's not an applic- It's not a a productivity application like right. Word right. or or something else where it's like, okay, do I really want to keep using it after thirty days? I uh, in fact, I uh, we received a nice note from a Security Now listener um, uh, uh, just this week. He said, "I just wanted to give you some more feedback on Spinrite. I've been listening to Security Now since." some of the earliest episodes, and I've been thinking about getting a copy of Spinrite. Well, I had just the right opportunity this past <laughs> weekend. A, a friend's computer started refusing to boot into Windows XP, and I took a good look at it and found the Mac Store hard drive was going bad, very bad. Uh-oh. He had over 8 gigs of digital photos on it that he absolutely did not want to lose, and I was having very little luck trying to copy the files off of it. So I got a copy of Spinrite and ran it, get this, for two and a half days straight. Oh, my God. See, I think sometimes people give up because they don't realize it could take that long. Well, uh, he says he ran it for two and a half days straight until we had a power outage. Oh, no. It's like, okay. (laughs) He said, after that, I decided to see what I could recover, and I was able to easily recover all the photos. It worked great. So, do you, um, you did know, you so, design it I mean, to handle a power outage like that? I mean, it fails gracefully like that. It fails gracefully. Um, that was something that was tested extensively back in the Spinrite 1.0 days, and you know, I, I put in the technology to make it do the right thing. Um, and you know, two and a half days is extreme. You know, many people talk about it running on 250 gig drives in a few hours, which it's certainly able to do. But you know, what happens is, I mean, Spinrite is really doing hard work. It had and, to do a lot on that drive. And when you compare this to taking the drive out and sending it somewhere, right. two, two and a half days is much less time than waiting multiple weeks to have some data recovery company fix it for you for way more than $89. Very impressive. S-P-I-N-R-I-T-E. It's at GRC.com. And if you want to see more testimonials, it's spinrite.info. 
And, of course, GRC.com is a place to go for 16-kilobit versions of this for the bandwidth challenged. Also, Elaine's great transcriptions. She does those just for you because I know sometimes it's hard to follow. But you can read along as you listen. Again, GRC.com. Visit twit.tv. Uh, we have an episode guide going back, just as Steve does, going back all the way to the uh, very first episode so you can see what you've missed. And, and a lot of people download these shows uh, much later. I think it's the kind of thing people collect, and they want the oh, whole Leo, set. I, I get postings from people all the time saying that they just discovered us and they've been listening to all the back yeah. episodes. Yeah. So Isn't I'm really wild? happy that we have that yeah. archive. No, it's a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing to have. If you like Security Now, you might like uh, Windows Weekly. It's another podcast, this time about Windows with Paul Therott. Uh, very similar style. Paul is a great Windows expert, and we talk about uh, not not specifically security, but just Windows Vista and uh, Microsoft and what they're up to. And, of course, that's getting very interesting right now. That's also available at twit.tv. Your support is much appreciated. Uh, you know, we've had advertising for some time, but uh, as the uh, advertising came on the show, the donations dwindled. That's kind of bad news because, frankly, the donations pay for the infrastructure. The advertising only pays salaries. So, uh, your $2 a month, if you like. Somebody, somebody asked me, well, I, I like this show, but I don't like that show. Can I just donate to this show? Yeah, just you know, put in your note when you, when you donate the $2. <laughs> say it's for Steve. That's fine. And I'll, I'll make sure that it only pays for the bandwidth that Steve uses or something. I, I think I use a lot of bandwidth. <laughs> I think you do. I, I think you do. We do thank the great folks at Astaro who've been a sponsor for so long. Really, they, were, they came to us and said, we love what you're doing. We want to support Steve uh, and we'd like to become a kind of the flagship sponsor. They make the Astaro Security Gateway and I think that's a marriage made in heaven for security now. If you're a small yep. or medium business network, you need superior protection from spam, from viruses, from hackers, complete VPN capabilities, intrusion protection, content filtering, an industrial-strength firewall, all in a very easy-to-use, single, high-performance appliance. You ought to try out the Astaro Gateway. Contact ASTARO.com or call 877-4ASTARO. You can schedule an absolutely free trial of the Astaro Security Gateway in, in your uh, business. Um, and, and for non-business users, you can download the software, put it on an old machine. You can even subscribe to all of the uh, things like the anti-spam and antivirus, if you if you choose to, it really is a great uh, great deal. A S T A R O dot com. Also, thanks to Dell for their sponsorship of the show. We have more Dell's picks on our special Leo's picks page. It's twit.tv slash Dell. Somebody sent me a note saying, Leo, why do you refer to yourself in the third person like that? Well, it's just what it's called, the Leo's picks page. <laughs> they are my picks. Dell dot uh, is at uh, twit.tv slash Dell. And anytime you buy a computer from Dell, if you go through there, we get credit. So we'd appreciate it. Steve, uh, next week, we are going to do questions and answers. Episode 64. One of my favorite numbers being that it's a power of two as well. Oh, yeah. You know, when my my kid, my son was like six or seven, he said, listen, daddy, two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, 1,024, 5, 12, 1,000. And I went, Wow. How did, Henry, you're going to be good at computers. He said, oh, yeah. yeah. He goes all the way up to, uh, he was at that time going to 4,096. I, mean, I was impressed. I thought, yeah. this guy's got a binary brain. He's only shown aptitude as so far for YouTube videos, though, so I don't know. Maybe it was just... <laughs> you know, just for, just to entertain myself, Leo, I, I used to practice seeing how far up I can go. Really? It, it's pretty scary. How high do you, can you, you get up to 4 million, it gets a little, or 4 billion, it gets a little tough after that. I had it. I had it memorized up to like ten or eleven places. I think. Wow. I mean, decimal digits. Just wow. you know, it's like you know, some people memorize pi. I memorize powers of two. So maybe he's a little budding Steve Gibson. <laughs> we thank you for joining us. We'll see you next Thursday and every Thursday on Twit.tv for Security Now. See you, Steve. See you, Leo.